Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Uh, you are holy, 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 uh, Father, and uh, we are just so in awe of you, uh, Lord, and, and I'm just so excited about today and the message that uh, that you're going to bring through Pastor Buddy and Daryl. Uh, Lord God, it is going to be a blessing, uh, Lord, just to see a testimony uh, in one of your children. Uh, Lord, I pray that it encourages us, that it challenges us, uh, Lord, that it, it drives us closer to you, to seek you more intimately, uh, Lord, and, and how to deal with the fumbles of life. Because we all face them, but we can arise as champions uh, through you and in you. Uh, Lord, so be with uh, Pastor Buddy and Daryl as they bring a message that is mightier than they are. Uh, Lord, thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been excited about this. This is something, this is something I've been praying about for months, man, but today it's here. And my mother said, I know that. I said, yeah, man. God's been working and inching and moving and things like that. But I want to just, I just want to kind of unwrap this thing a little bit. First off, I know everybody's not into football, right? But you know what? We're going to use football as a vehicle to share Jesus, amen? And you know what? I don't care what you use, a crowbar, a six-string, whatever it is, handing out a cookie in the name of Jesus. You can use that tool or that gift that God's given you to point praise to God, right? Now, if you guys look up here, I, I thought this was good. Miss Tiny, she can find some good stuff on the, on the, on the slides. Now, anybody ever watch Charlie Brown? Everybody, right? Man, how many times did he go and Lucy pulled that football out? I even while I watched one of the video clips and I said, man, I tell you what, that guy just don't get it, does he? But you know what? He kept sticking to the stuff. He kept going with it. He kept trusting. He kept moving along. You know, sometimes in life, we got to just keep sticking to the stuff. You know, when I'm talking about this, I want to make sure you understand. You know, we all have fumbles in life. We, you know, fumbles, stumbles, whatever you want to call it, shortcomings. Because the Bible says all have failed and all have, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm sorry. Got a little ahead of myself there. But what I want to tell you is this. Sometimes this might be something we dropped the ball. Sometimes it might not even be uh, something we did. It just be, might be the way things play out. But what I want you to hear today is God says the clock ain't out till he says it's out. Amen. He says it's not over till he says it's over because we serve a living God. Amen. So a lot of times even when through the dream, through the journey, God's still God, isn't it? Did I say a lot of times? Let me change that. All the time. All the time, just like, God isn't good all the time. Man, I'll tell you what, I went back and, and uh, I said, Mr. Tyson, I said, can I change my mind? Because I started thinking about the message, and I just wanted to just get our hearts focused to praise him the Lord. And I pray that your ears and your heart is open to, to what's going on today. Because when I get my friend to come up here and share with you, you know what? I want you to see God use everyday people all the time. Ordinary people all the time. But it's an extraordinary God working through somebody that's open. You hear what I'm saying? All you got to do is be available. You be that conduit. You know? When I first met my buddy Daryl, man, I said, man, there's something about this guy. Man, he just got me motivated, man, you know? He old football player. I said, I didn't play no football. Played a lot of guitar. Did a little bowling. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't sport. <laughs> but you know, no matter what you're doing, you know what, man? We can, we can always take it and dig down a little deeper and listen to what God has and share that with the world, right? So today, when I get ready to introduce my buddy, I hope you guys just open up and hear what he has to say. He's just going to tell a little story about how God worked in his life and how God continues to work in his life. And see, what he don't realize, I've been getting a front row seat for about two years, seeing God work in his life. And I go, man, God's using that guy. God's using that guy. He goes, I don't know, buddy. I don't know, buddy. I say, I know. He said, well, maybe he is. Yeah, he is. And I'm going to tell you what, he'll work in each and every one of y'all. So with that being said, I want to introduce my friend, my buddy, Mr. Daryl Brown. I'll ask him to come up. Give him a long, long run. I'm going to give myself a hand. Make yourself a hand. And I'll tell you what, this is, this is good stuff. 
This is good stuff. He said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to talk just like we do when we're at work, man. Just talking on the back of the truck a little bit, sharing a few things and stuff. And uh, we're we going to have a good time. Everybody ready to, to just hear a little bit about what's going on? Amen. Amen. We're good. There, how you doing so far? We're good. I'm, good. I'm doing good. Well, let me tell you a little bit of how I met my buddy. Uh, I work out at NASA uh, on, during, during the week. And uh, we get a lot of deliveries in. We get liquid oxygen, liquid nitrogen and stuff. And Daryl start bringing these, these loads in. And I'm going to tell you, that's a dangerous job. And man, I tell you, when you're out there, um, once you get everything going, you got to keep your eyes peeled. I'll be talking to him. He hears something change. Ooh, I got to go. He'll be jumping. Hey, man, I want to blow this place up, man. You know, whatever. But see, he's listening all the time. He's a great listener. But you know, we're sitting out there and we're talking. And, and, and about two or three times a week, I get to sit down with some folks, maybe an hour at a time. You know, the sad part is a lot of times I don't even get to sit down with my family an hour at a time. You know, all of us busy. It's just bits and pieces and stuff. So as I've been spending time with my buddy, man, God's been growing that relationship, growing that relationship. And he would just share things, a very encouraging young man. And he talked about different things in his life. So today, I'm just going to kind of set this thing up a little bit and let him tell you about his journey. Let him tell me about his dream and how God's still working. So with that being said, I'm I'm just asking you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about growing up, man, in your family. Well, um... What can I say? Pretty much, you guys probably heard the story before, you know. Youth coming from humble beginnings, housing projects, single mom, raising seven kids. Um, she did a very, very, very good job. Amen. I mean, we all um, doing pretty well. Um, but you sit back and you watch her struggle, and being, me being the youngest of the whole seven, I'm figuring out what can I do to help. Well, my brother, he took on that role. He dropped out of high school to help her help us. And, you know, you feel that sense of guilt. Yeah, you feel like, you know, this, you just knew something wasn't right with that whole concept. But as a kid, you're not really grasping it. And you ask God for certain things, but not really knowing what you're asking for. And not really knowing what he's already bestowed on you. So you go out there and you try different things. You're hanging out with guys and, you know, guy named Benny Jones, you know, he took me down there to play football. I was seven years old. And it was just a natural fit. You know, it, it was like I was meant to do that. And it came so easy to me that I said, okay, I like this. I like this a lot. And the more I did it, the more I liked it. And I would tell my brother about it, but he was trying to play dad. So he had really no time for it. He was like, yeah, whatever, man. Go ahead and do what you got to do. So um, this guy, Benny, got hung up with the wrong crowd. He ended up losing his life. And there was no more Benny. So now I'm going down to the football field by myself, not really knowing what to do because he was like the guy that took me there. So I felt kind of responsible for him as well as he was responsible for me. So long story short, you know, the football thing worked out for me. And, you know, I would even ask God for more and more each, each level, high school, college, and, you know, partial NFL. You know, I had to travel with the Washington Redskins. Um, and that was a dream of making it to the NFL to help my family out of poverty. You know, I was going to be that guy. I was going to take that role from my brother. I was going to buy my mom the house. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. Putting unnecessary pressure on myself, you know, um, and losing focus of the task at hand, you know, of just playing football. I was trying to take on this burden that really wasn't my burden. And in doing that, I was still able to succeed in football. And I didn't know why. Because the guy next to me, he would struggle with it. He would have a hard time 
grasping the concept of football. And I'm, as a kid, you're like, dude, come on, it's easy. Well, for me, it was easy because that was God-given talent. For him, he was learning it. You know, it was like he tried to figure it out. But for me, it was like, okay, I just wake up in the morning and I play football. So when you start realizing that everybody's not going to be on the same level you are, then you try to help them out. And in doing that, they sit back and they say, well, okay, that's a pretty cool guy. Then you start building those relationships throughout meeting different people, different walks of life. And you start feeling good about yourself, you know, and that's where it all starts with them. You know, if you feel good about yourself, you can make others feel good. So that football was like an escape from going home and living in poverty. I mean, it was times where you open the refrigerator and there's only a gallon of water in there for seven kids. You know, it's like we had to drink that to stay hydrated, but get up in the morning, we had school so we can get that breakfast, you know. Um, and my mom was working three jobs. I mean, I never saw her, you know, but I heard her a lot. Um, we had our chores on the refrigerator. Um, and it was always, I, I got to make this football work. I got to make it work. I got to make it work. Now, you know, you get out there and when it works, you get scared. You know, it's that fear. When you're sitting in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and you're here, and the same jersey he has on, you're wearing it, you're practicing it every day. You, you're this close to your dream. You, you, you're almost there. So you're calling your brother on the phone, and you're talking to him, you're crying, and, you know, he's like, hey, man, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And you're like, yeah, we're going to do it. But when you get that knock on the door, and they give you your Greyhound ticket, and you go down to the locker room, and your bags are packed and all that gear is over here, you're like, wow, it's over, you know? But you get on that bus and you're coming down 81 and you said, okay, do I go back to poverty? Do I go hang out with the kids that, you know, you grew up with and you was doing the wrong things with? Or do I make something out of myself? So, you know, all this is going through your head. Now, you're 19, you're 20 years old. You're really not understanding what life should be. You know, you're still trying to find your way. You're still trying to say, okay, I tried the football thing, that didn't work out. So now I'm sitting around the house, wondering what I'm gonna do next. My uncle shows up. This big long truck, Cox Transportation. And um, he pulls up in the housing projects. He got this big 53 footer. <laughs> and you know, and I'm looking like, okay, dude, it's crazy. You know, but I come outside, I look up at him. Hey, I heard that football thing ain't work out for you. No, uh -huh. And he always called me Papa. He says, so what are you doing now, Papa? Nothing. He said, yeah, you better go hang out with them boys, ain't it? I said, yeah, probably so. So I'm going to ride with me to California. I'm thinking, California? Hey, ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> so I called my mom up. I told her, hey, Uncle George and I, you want to take me to California? She said, California? I said, yeah, he out here with the truck. So she came and looked. She said, what in the world? She said, okay. So I packed my bag, jumped in the truck. We found Oklahoma somewhere. He's getting tired. Hey, you got to drive this thing. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> He's like, well, we got to be there at such and such a time, and I can't stop, and I'm tired, man. So I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? You know, I'm, I'm over there. I'm just like, just, no. So I'm looking around the truck. I'm like, no, this ain't happening. He said, hey, well, I'm going to pull over. So he pulled over, so I'm thinking, that's, that's your clock, that's your paycheck, dude, I'll go to sleep too. <laughs> but he was like, no, nah, man, we got to go. He said, look, 
He said, get over there, hold the wheel, I do everything else. And he had the big long shifter over there where he could reach over and he was changing the gears for him. For some reason, as soon as I pulled that truck off that shoulder, once again, just like football, it felt good. It felt like I, you know, it was easy to me. The fear was gone. We trucking on down the highway. I look over at him, he's snoring. I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> we, just, we just ride. We just, I'm just on the wheel, so I look over. I said, well, hey, straight highway, I'm trucking. So I go a little faster. Go a little faster. So I'm at the, I'm about, about 80 miles an hour. And I'm flying and I'm looking through the mirror. He wakes up. What are you looking at? So I'm watching the trail. He said, what for? He said, make sure it don't go all over the road. He said, if you don't go all over the road, the trail's not going all over the road. <laughs> and I said, okay. So we're trucking on. We finally get to San Diego. And of course, if you ever driven a truck before or backed up a utility trail or a mobile home, you know it doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. Amen. <laughs> so here I am. I'm going, right there. Fit it in there. I think I'm backing on up the trail going that way. I'm turning this way. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. So I stop. I get out of the truck. What am I doing? He said, oh, I forgot to show you that. I put it in there. So he put it in there and uh, made it delivered. And uh, I was eager to drive back. I was like, ah, let me drive back. He said, oh, well, wait till we get to our next checkpoint. All right. Then he wouldn't let me drive. I'm like, what is that all about, dude? Hey. You know, so we finally get back to the yard, back in Richmond, and he tells his boss, he said, here's my nephew, um, he want to drive trucks. I'm saying, no, I didn't say that, you know, <laughs> I didn't say that, and, you know, his boss said, okay, you know train? I'm like, where was the application? I never filled out the application or anything. It was like, hey, go to DMV, get your CDL, and that was 21 years ago. I was a million miles in, um... And that's how I met Buddy, yeah. driving those trucks. And, you know, and, and I said all that to say this. It's like football, that door was closed. And it took me a while, even to this day, you know, that's I use football as a metaphor for my life, you know. And But when that door was finally shut, because it took me a while to shut it, because, you know, you played flag football, you were getting all the intramural leagues. Um, I thought about the arena football when they had the Richmond Ray uh, speed, but I was like, no, nah, because I had to pay for my own insurance. <laughs> um, and I, I just didn't see running into a wall where I was used to running in open space. If somebody tackled me out of bounds, I had teammates that could grab me or something, but real football just smashed the wall. That didn't work. So I said, well, I'm going to do this trucking thing. And just like football, the trucking was so easy, you know, that each, each time I did it, each job I had, I was getting better at it. And my fiance, she can attest to that. It's like, I've been doing this so long to the point now that I'm getting tired of doing it. And for Buddy to wake up and, and ask me to do this, and this is something she's always been saying that, you know, she think I should coach or speak or, you know, just do something different than driving trucks. So it's like doors are closing and doors are opening all at the same time in my life. So it's just like the forms of life. If you fumble that ball, that doesn't mean the game is over. It may put your team in a bad situation, but you can recover from that. That's why they call it a fumble, and the other team recovers it. See, it, 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 and, and that's just the metaphors of life. And you always keep God first, and you pray to God. And once again, she can tell you, I've just been asking God a couple of weeks ago, been talking to him out loud. And um, once again, Buddy called me with this. 
and it was just like a big game. I was I was nervous at first. I was nervous at first, you, you know, just them pre-game jitters. And as the week progressed and I committed to it, it was like, you know, because she was asking me this morning, was I nervous? I was like, no, she was more nervous than I was. <laughs> but um, I'm like, no, but for some strange reason, just like football, just like trucking, this fits. You know, it, it, it's comfortable to me. And it's like, this could be another door and another chapter of my life that's opening. And I'm feeling very blessed for it because, you know, where I come from. And when I look back at my brother and my sisters and my mom, you know, I was telling them all about it. They all proud and geeked up. And so I'm still able to fulfill a dream because my brother and I were still able to purchase the house for my mom. But now she's in a sister living place. She got her own apartment. She's 72 years old, bad hips. But, you know, after raising seven kids, you know, you get a mother. You know, and she, um, but she's a wonderful woman. And I thank her for everything that I am because everything that we watched her struggle with and go through, you know, it gave us what that intestinal fortitude to make sure that we give everything we do 100%. You know, because if you quit, you know, it's not only letting yourself down, but it's letting her down. And the last person in the world that you want to hurt is your mother and a woman that you've watched struggle to make sure you had. I mean, she gave you the best life she could. Um, and, you know, when I talk to buddies sometimes and, and I come down there with faulty equipment, you know, they send me on the road with faulty equipment, but not wanting to let my mom down, not wanting to let Aaron Key down, not wanting to let myself down, not wanting to let Keisha down. I know I got a job to do, no matter what the equipment is. So I figured I made it all the way down here, I make it back. And sure enough, I mean, I had some tires on that truck that was off. But he looked at that thing, he said, man, they sent you down here with that? Yeah, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, you know, because you need your load, and buddy know, you know, because he'll call me sometime, if, even if I don't have his load, hey, man, you got my load this morning? Then we'll chit-chat for a couple of minutes, and I tell him who got it, if I don't have it, most of the time I have it, and that's when we have our, uh, our uh, prayer sessions, you know, because um, sometimes I come down there and I'm in a foul mood, you know, and, you know, buddy, I'll say some encouraging things to me, and vice versa, you know, when he's going to follow him on his knees and everything, I told him some things they might want to try because right now in my right knee, I have no meniscus. And I lost that somewhere in my sophomore year of high school. But I was always afraid of going to the doctor and, you know, having the injections and all of that. But I would just, I would just tape it up and, and keep on running, you know. Um, and right now to this day, sometimes I pull up, I step up in that truck and I feel like I'm 80 years old. No offense to anybody that's 80, but, you know, that bone hit that bone and you hit that so you had to just sit down on the seat and be like, okay. But, you know, all in all, I'm in pretty good health. Um, I'm having a little back issues, but that comes from trucking. Um, you know, you're sitting for three and four hours at a time, and, you know, but it's an easy job, you know, because I get to meet people like Buddy. I get to meet people like you out, you guys through Buddy. Um, and that's what life is about, the evolution of life. You, you keep yourself open, like Buddy said, and, and things will just find its way in. And, you know, God uses you to help others. What, what I went through probably really wasn't for me. You know, it's for me to help somebody else. And so when you, when you, when you understand that, you know, once again, your next phase of life will get easier for you. Amen. Amen. What do you say to sneak out of here, man? How about you? <laughs> give, give a hand clap. Make sure <laughs> So 
Daryl didn't know I was going to pull this one. I love this. I love this. He was showing the kids this morning. We get on the back of that truck and we're talking and how's Jesse doing with football and what's going on with all that? And, 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 and give us a little, 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 uh, we got to be high and tight with that thing, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm partial. I can tell this to my right hand. Yes, sir. So, you always want the laces when you can fill them. Mm-hmm. See, as a quarterback, you want here. But as a running back, when he turn around, he give you that ball. You want the laces here. And you want the point of your finger here. And you want to keep it high and tight like your little baby. Or your baby here. <laughs> That's right. Those two. What happens when they come in there? You see, when they come in, see now, it's Mr. Flip. <laughs>
you know, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, you listen to for the PL announcement, Barrel Brown, some yards on the carry. This first time. First thing. Oh, some yards? I can get three more, give me the ball. You know, first down, move the chains, you know. So it's like, you know, you living in the moment. Okay? And, and that moment becomes bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you get up there in Colorado, Pennsylvania, and then you up there with grown men. Now, I don't know if all of y'all know that's the Red Street. Red oh, Street, yeah, that's Red Red Skins Skins Training Camp. You know? I want y'all to realize he was in the Redskins. Now, tell me about the jet game real fast. Now, you ran all the way back for a touchdown in one of the jet games against the Jets. No, 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 that was the preseason game. Preseason game. No, I came in after the kick return. Okay. After I finished it all. Yeah. But, now the guy, he got the ball cut, y'all. So, yeah. I, you know, I think he got cut, too. I think, actually, I think he got cut before. Yeah, is that right? What was their, what was their uh, score that year? What was their uh, stats? Okay, it was 4-12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying if they were the time game or whatever, but, you know, just to throw that out there, maybe, you know. Um, but it is what it is. It, it is what it is. They, you know, but, but they gave me fair opportunity. Um, and the reason they cut me, and uh, Coach Gibbs, innovator at the H-back position, um, he had enough running backs. You know, but he saw this kid. I was too big. They play running back or receiver. Wasn't fast enough to play receiver. Wasn't big enough to play tight end. Because you got to understand, Clint Didio was like 6'6", 285. So when you see this guy and you look at him, you're like, can't beat this guy. Oh, and where's Jesse? I was telling Jesse about that, about the 6'7". <laughs> <laughs> you know? See, that's the muscle you can't measure. So I'm looking at Clint Didio, and I'm like, okay, I have to challenge this guy for tight end position. You know, so Clint is he's locked in. We're going to try your H-back. H-back. I was an H-back. I've been a tailback all my life. So now I got to learn a new position. And granted, the playbook is about thick as this football, a big bounty. And every night, you're sitting in that hotel room with six other guys in a two-bed room, not even a suite. It's a room. So after practice, you're looking around, everybody in this room is with you. See, okay, he's over there, he's over there. So you try to beat him back to the room. So you can jump on one of the beds, and now somebody else got to sleep on the floor. <laughs> so it's like, you know, Everybody's in there studying, and everybody's got the same dream. Hey, what if we make it, man? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you sit there, and you're dreaming, and, you know, but you're still studying, but you're dead tired. You're tired. You're out there in the all June, July, August heat, and, you know, you, you, you're trying to make a team that you know in 91, 92, they won the Super Bowl. So they're not looking for a whole bunch of guys, but you got 101 guys that fill maybe eight positions. And three of you guys going on the practice squad. But you're out there, you compete, and they tell you not to make friends. But human nature in you, that's impossible. You know, because if you sleeping in close quarters, bathing and everything, and you know, you talk to guys and when they knock on that door at four o'clock in the morning, nobody wants to wake up. Because you don't know if he's coming to get you, buddy, you know, and you land there. And when he called your name, you feel good that he didn't call your name, but you feel bad for the other guy because he got to get up, pack his stuff up. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be the last guy in the room, but then it was lonesome. You know, you get lonely. You're in there by yourself. You're studying your playbook. You're walking up and down the halls because you know it's just a matter of time before it's you. And when it's not you, you get out there again and you get in that preseason game. The first one was against the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're standing there and you're like, it's RK Stadium, National TV, and my brother, he's geek. He's, I hear him over 
At the time, we all know about 10, 12,000 people in the stands. You know, it wasn't full, but I could just hear him. And I, I wasn't even playing. I was standing on the side. He's just hooping it up, and he's going, and he's going. I look around and like, man, that's so embarrassing. You know? I'm like, because I'm not even on the field, and the game just going on and on. And here come garbage time. About four minutes left in the game. I get on the field. Oh, man, you thought we had won the lottery. He running up and down. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little upset because my ego is scarred now because I'm thinking I'm better than this. So I'm like, four, four to four minutes left in the game? I don't want to go out there. You know what I mean? You know, you're like, I suppose been out there the first quarter. So he's all amped up. I go out there, run a couple of plays. But you know what? I mean, it seems like the clock just ticked that fast and game is over. You're sitting in the locker room and you're looking at Coach Gibbs, and you're looking at all the starters. They got the sweatsuits on. They've been out of the game, out of the first series. So, you know, you're looking at guys like Mark Griffin, and you look at Daryl Green, and he's like, these guys, they've they been to the pinnacle. They've won the Super Bowl. You know, and then you start doubting yourself. And when you start doing that, it's like God knew. He just, you get that warm sensation when you go back in that room. They start like, man, I'm not good enough for this. And you just get that feeling over you the next day now. I'm going to prove it to him that I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. And you go out there and you earn your playing time. And that's what I did in the Jets game. And it played Buddy speaking about, you know, I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, it was, it was to the point where that's the experience in my life that most people dream about to this day, still never experience it. Um, that's why I like to share it. And, and Buddy being a skins fan and me being a diehard football fan, I like all the teams. I'm a Cowboy fan, man. But I have a soft spot in my heart for, for the Redskins. I have a real soft spot for those guys because they gave me an opportunity. And, um, you know, when that was over, I came back to the housing projects, did my fair share with the guys that I should have been with, and my uncle showed up. And it was like, God didn't want me in that life. He showed me another life. Amen. I started driving those trucks, and once again, just like the football, I stepped in that truck. And it was just like picking up this football, and it was easy. And, you know, you see guys out there, and she, she can tell you, last weekend we got to drive a chair. I don't think you met Chad yet. But um, he, he was, um, where was it? I think he was at Micron, places up there that make all the little microchips with your cell phone and everything. He was up there in a panic, man, you know. And I've been there, and anybody that's driven a truck know the worst thing a truck driver can do is be lost. You know, that's the worst because you take that truck somewhere and you can't get turned around. There's an overpass or bridge or something, you know. So, you know, you, you don't want to get lost. And he got the Garmin, he got the GPS and everything. He made it to the place, but he couldn't find the tanks. So I walked him through the tanks, and once he got to the tanks, he was still frustrated because it's so many vibes. Like Buddy said, you screw something up, you're going up, up, and away. So he was nervous, and, you know, so I walked him through that. And um, he made it through. And, you know, when you think back on all of it, you say, well, you know what? I had to learn that. But once again, that came easy to me, you know. And all the stuff that comes easy to me, I'm receiving it as, as, as my blessings now. One time, I was, like I said, I was asking, why me? But I'm asking, why not me now? Hey, I'm good for it. Whatever he got coming my way, I'm going to receive it. Just like this football. Amen. <laughs> all right, man. Give him a big hand. All right. Let you go sit back with your suite, and I'm gonna share a few things there. Thanks so much. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, man, that's awesome, brother. I appreciate it. That's so good. I brought, 
call, because I want y'all to see, see a, few, a few analogies I was thinking about today. You know, a lot of times, you know, uh, y'all see me bring my, my Bible, if you're listening online, I got it in this, uh, this cover. It kind of looks like a football dome. And I was thinking about what Daryl said, keeping it high and tight, keeping that word of God in here. Right? And when somebody comes up, when that devil comes up, what we do, we're going to give him the flipper. Right? So I want you to all remember that. I want you all to see it from here to there. That's the, that's the transition to keep that close to your heart. Amen? Man, give, give my buddy a, a hand clap. And not only that, give God a hand clap for what's going on. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap. Is this all right here? Okay? Good. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to sneak through a few things that we're talking about. But I wanted you guys to hear a story. See, there's something about hearing somebody's story. See, over and over and over, there's different things going on. A door closed, but he kept on going. See, a lot of people would be here, and they would be bitter that they didn't make the Redskins. They didn't make this team, that team. Them. You didn't hear that. He said, you know what? When this door closed, God opened another one. You know what? That's what I love. That's what I, and, and I'm so encouraged about it because I, I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Because what he say? He says, you know what? Why not me? In other words, you know what? Here I am, Lord. Use me. If we had that attitude, how would God use us and bless us? Amen. The sky's the limit. Well, that being said, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and get a, get a rolling on a couple of things. I just want to go through some of the things on your handout. Realize we got a little bit of time left, so I want to make the most of it. Does that sound good? Amen. Good, good. We're having a good time. The scripture I chose uh, to, to work into this is Romans 3, 23 and 24. I'm going to read that here. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Amen. What does it say? See, we all missed the mark. Understand? We all missed the mark. See, sometimes we need to hear that. You know, just like he was saying earlier, you know, hey, man, all of, all of us got something going on. All of us got something going on. But see, if we understand where we start at, then we know who to look to. Amen. We know who to put our eyes on. Right? So what I want to see is that. But look, look, look how it starts. It says, for all of sin... And fall short of glory, God. If you just stop there, it'd be a sad day, wouldn't it? Look at that comment. Bring it on now. This is what I love. This one. 24. And all are justified freely by his grace. Grace is a gift. You can't earn grace. It's God's unmerited, unearned favor. But see, we receive grace by faith. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. See, he says, grace through the redemption. That means what Jesus paid the price for. To buy us out of sin and set us in his family, right? That came by Jesus Christ. See, that's the whole thing. If you're here today and you say, man, well, that's pretty cool about football and this, that, and everything else. This, this, that, that was just a vehicle. Because what I want you to hear is about the goodness of God. What I want you to hear about through my buddy's testimony, that there's sometimes, it was tough. Sometimes, man, we're this close. There's things in your life. You don't have to be on a football field. You might be this close to the job. You might be this close to Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright or whatever it is. This close. And the door closes. But God never leaves you, amen. I, I had a job uh, before this job. I really liked this job. I worked there for a while, a year and a half. I was going to college and everything else. And things went down. And guess what? I got fired. I ain't never got fired in my life. Fired. My dad works out there. This is embarrassing. I got fired. I'm going to get fired. Couldn't believe this. Right? Right? And a little lady about this big, she was Scottish. She's about that big. I can hear her voice now. She was crying, man, when they packed me up and told me, said, you got to go. I said, I don't understand. Right? But sometimes that's just the way it goes. Right? And she said, honey, if the door closes, the Lord will open a window. Let me just tell you real quick on that right there. About three months later, when I did get on, I was making more than the guy that fired me. And that's something that ain't all about that. But you know what was cool? When I'd have to go back and work in the same area, they go, what are you doing here? 
was happy to be here. Right? I didn't point no fingers. I didn't do nothing else. I was thanking God. Right? So I'm going to say it through all these different things God is working, even in the fumbles. Right? Well, let's keep on rolling. Everybody got their, their paperwork? Say amen. amen. All right. Now, Miss Tanya knows we're a Redskins fan. We like a lot of them out there, too. So when she did the backgrounds, she was thinking of, she was thinking of me and Jesse, right? And Thomas. All right. Fumbles. I'm like, what do you mean by fumbles? Right? We just said, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. See, does anybody ever wish they could just get, get, get that down over? You know, yesterday when Jesse was playing, I noticed that, man, I wish I could do that one again. Is there things in your life that you wish, man, I, could, I wish I could back up and do that one again? You know, I don't know. Am I the only one? Oh, come on, y'all. Go, come on, get real with it. But, you know, sometimes we just want that rewind button, right? We want to take, take, take a new chance, get a new chance. See, God is here to give you a fresh start, amen? That's what I want you to hear today. God knows you need help, right? You need help, man. That's, that's nothing. You're not in this thing alone. See, even when that door closed for Daryl, he's in his uncle, right? It's amazing. And you know what? Maybe he sent me. Maybe he sent you. I think he sent him to me. But see, it all works together. Just like he said, be open with that heart. What you just tell Jesse? He said, this is a muscle you can't measure. I love that. This is a muscle you can't measure. But you know what? How much do we build that muscle with the word of God? How much, how much do we feed on that? Are we taking that vitamin in? Amen. I'm going to flip through this here because you know I've got to show you this stuff. Right? God's provided a way. He's provided a way for each and every one of us. Sometimes we think it's just about making a living and all those things. And God de definitely does that. But I want you to know, he's provided a way to escape hell, right, and be ushered into the presence of God. His name is Jesus. Amen. The death, burial, resurrection of that cross. See, I, I love this. When I always point to that cross over there. It didn't stop there because we serve a living God. Amen. He's a living God. And I want you guys to remember that. Man, he's pointing to the goal line, right? Look at this. I'm going to give you a little word anchor. I always like to tie it into the word, man. I want to say, hey, this is what God said. I'm just passing it on. All right? Here we go. John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Hmm? He might not come that you see him eye to eye like this, but he might come in your uncle. He might come in your friend. He might come in your boss. He might come in somebody you never even thought of and speak life or encouragement into your life. Amen? Let us be that person. Just like Daryl said, when that guy was having a tough time, he could have said, oh, man, you ain't getting it. He said, hey, man, I was there. You see the difference? You see when God starts working on that muscle you can't measure? He starts working on your heart. You want to be a blessing because you realize how fortunate you are. <clears throat> see, when you start counting your blessings, I don't know. It's just the way God works. You want to bless somebody else. You want to be a blessing to somebody else. Give them opportunities, right? Help them along, right? But as believers in Christ, we have the spirit in us, right? We have... God's spirit, the one that raised Jesus from the dead in us to empower us and keep us trucking. Amen? That's what I want y'all to hear about this. Real fast, I want to share something with you. See, you say, why, why do you say that every week? Because that's the deal. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And you know I'm sharing Jesus wherever I go. This week I had a dead battery in my watch. You know somebody going to hear about Jesus, right? I went on up to the store and there was a little guy behind the counter and uh, funny how God works. I said, where is uh, Mary? That's one lady always, because she fixed it. I break it, she fixed it. And man, and he said, no, she's not here. And he was just happy, man. This guy said, and I was talking to him a little bit, and he said, well, what's going on? And uh, he said, I, I could fucking fix that. I said, well, I appreciate it, so I'm talking to him. And I said, oh, that guy, I'm telling you, I just said, in, in my spirit, that guy likes music. He didn't have nothing going. I said, hey, man, you play music? That guy went, yeah. He, put, he stops every 
thing. He's got his computer up there. Hey, look at this song I've been working on. I'm going, this is great. I'm thinking, guys, moving here. I'm going to just jump in. So, 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 I, so I play a little bit of music. I said, why don't you go to YouTube? I said, check out Tom's on the drum. Check out this, everything. Now I got a vehicle. See, we was in football a little bit. Now we're on, on the jamming thing. It doesn't matter what it is. So I talked to him a little bit. And you know what I started asking him? I said, man, what, what do you think? If you died tonight, you know for sure to go to heaven? And he told me about where we went to church and all this. He said, they probably know you at my church. I'm thinking, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But what I'm getting to this point was, when I asked him the question that I ask every week, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? He goes, I don't know. See, that's why every week we say, hey, don't leave here today without having a personal relationship with Christ. All right? And so as I share with him and everything else, I got to tell him the story. I got to give him the pieces of the puzzle. See, it wasn't about a battery for the life of my wife. It was about Christ for the life of that man. Every time we go somewhere, be ambassador for Christ. It don't have to be real hard. Just share a little love. Just share a little love with them, amen? Let's keep on rolling. Now, he's talking about recovery, man. What do we mean by recovery, man? And we're using this stuff here. Call upon the Lord. See, sometimes that ball is out of play and out of your hands and things going on. There's things that are out of control in your life at times, right? Or is it only at my house? Okay, I thought it was everywhere. You know what? So we need to call upon the Lord. Why do we call upon the Lord? Because he's got the bird's eye view. He's looking at the whole picture. He's looking at everything, man. See, we need to communicate. See, when we got that up here. We got that ball, that Bible high and tight. It don't hurt the people and then read it every now and then. Amen. You know, I tell you what, I talk to people sometimes, man, and, and you go over there and they got this Bible they got when they were about 13 years old. It's as big as, as like a door on a cellar and they ain't opened it up since the 60s. Yeah. And then I said, well, look at that. It's a Bible. They got respect for it, but, it's the, and, but they don't use it. It's like, oh, it'll cut you. You know? Well, you know, sometimes it will cut us. It'll cut off all that sin and show us how to walk in the life of God's given us. Amen? Well, let's keep on rolling here. Man, you know what? Sometimes we fumble and stumble because of poor choices of things that we've done. But you know what? We already read that. All of sin and fall short of glory. But here's the good news. Repent means to turn away from the wrongdoing. Get back in the game, man. Let's get back in the game. Forgive and receive forgiveness. See, a lot of times we, 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 we won't forgive ourselves. A lot of times we don't want to forgive somebody else. But you think about it with your kids. If you got any kids, if you got two kids and they're doing this, boom, 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 and they're not getting along, it doesn't do your heart any good. You think God that, that does God's heart good when He sees us backbiting and doing these things? He wants unity. He wants peace. He wants power so He can work in your life. Amen. So what do we do? We look to God to bring forth the healing. Amen. Take a look at this. There's more to come. Romans six twenty two and six twenty three says, "But now that you have been set free from sin." That's a good place to say amen, right? And have become slaves of God. See, I want to talk about that in a minute. He's like, slaves? Well, guess what? You've been bought with a, you've been purchased, right? You were a slave to sin, right? But now we're infused in God, amen? Look at this. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. He didn't say for six months. He didn't say until you mess up. He didn't say until you drop the ball again. He says eternal life. That means forever, amen? Because we are sealed with his spirit. That's a good word. That's a good word. For the wages of sin is death. Now, when you work, what do you get? You get a wage, right? See, why do people think they can work their way to heaven? That's a wage. You can't work your way to heaven. He said, it's by grace you're saved through faith. Not that of yourself. It's a gift. It's a gift. But you know what? To really embrace that gift, you've got to open it up and you've got to receive it. Amen? Go ahead. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the gift. He's the gift. What are you doing with the gift? 
And once you receive that gift, what does he want you to do? He wants you to share it with the world. That's what we're talking about today. Amen. Get back in the game. You know what? So many times. I saw it yesterday. I've done it in my life. It doesn't even have to be football. It could be anything. We could just beat ourselves down. Who, can anybody beat themselves up pretty good? I mean, we can just get in there with that cleat and go to town. Buddy, you should have done this and I would have done this and all this stuff. And meanwhile, the, the, the clock's still ticking. And meanwhile, the next guy's running past you. Or the, or, the, or the lady over here is going over here and all these different things. But I want to say I want to encourage you today to recover right here, right now, by calling on the name of Jesus, amen, and let God set the pace. Something else I want you to hear. If you've been through a tough time, you say, man, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, but God does. And you know what? He says, it ain't over till he says it's over. It's not over until God says it's over. See, there's still time on the clock, right? We don't know how much time on the clock, but I want to make the most of those minutes, right? There was somebody who only had four minutes, right? What happens if you only had four minutes and that was going to be it? Do you know for sure that you give, you, you spend your life with Christ in heaven? Or you, can I, I don't know, like the guy that I was talking to about a watch battery. You can know, right? That's why we take all the messages and build the momentum so you'll know. Not hope so. I ain't in this thing to hope so. I'm in this thing to know so. And I know that Jesus Christ died for our sin. And I know the Bible says if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. Lord, come into my life and forgive me, right? He's the one that does the work, amen? So you know what? He talked about that playbook a little bit, didn't he? Right? Well, here's your playbook right here, the Holy Scriptures. He said he was tired, but when he got back, he said he knew he had to still study, didn't he? Because he knew what was coming tomorrow. We don't even know what's coming tomorrow, so you better study the Word. Be a student of the Word of God. I don't, I'm not saying you've got to memorize every single thing or anything like that. I'm going to tell you what, feed that muscle. Read that word, speak that word, and watch God start working in your life. Amen? Transforming. Amen? Encourage the team. Believers and non-believers. You say, what do you mean believers and non-believers? You know what? Love them where they're at. I didn't pounce on that guy because he didn't have the answer I thought he should have. I just kept pointing to Jesus. God will work that out. That's not my job. It's not my job to grow the church. Not your job to grow the church. God will grow the church. It's our job to reflect Him well. It's our job to say, hey, you know what? Um, maybe it's inviting somebody. Maybe it's listening to somebody. Maybe it's praying for somebody. Maybe it's encouraging somebody. But let me ask you this. When you leave a situation, can they really say, say, wow, I saw the fingerprints of God on that person. I hope so. I hope so. But you know what? I'll tell you what. If we're not filling up on the word, we can't pour it out, can we? I want to encourage you all the time. Feed on the word of God. Amen. Look to the goal line. I'm picking up steam, man. Yeah, I'm preaching double time now. Because I know that buffet line's going to be long, brother. I'm moving on. All right? Everybody laughing. Y'all know it's true. <laughs> Look to the goal line. What do you mean like that? What's it all about? What's it all about? You know? You only hear, I don't care how long you live. If you live 80 to 120 years or, or whatever it is. Hey, man. You know what? There's a time, unless the Lord intervenes and calls us back right here and now, that, you know what? We're, we're going to reach the, the finish line. I want to finish big. How about you? Finish big. Don't have anything left over. Nothing at the end. What did my buddy say? He said, give it all. Everything. Everything. He's thinking about his mom. He's thinking about this. He's thinking about his brother. He's thinking he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. But you know what? How about this? When we clear that all the way, he said, I just want to do my best for you, God. God said, I'll work with that. I just want to give you. You giving me this? Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Whatever it may be. And run, man. Run. Tuck down. Don't forget to flip her. 
If you had to do it, flip them. You know what we're going to flip them with? We're going to flip them with the word of God. No weapon form against me. We're going to prosper. Boom. Another 10 yards. Amen. That's it. And sometimes my dad used to say, son, football is a game of inches. That means inches. He was West Virginia. Inches. I said, what's inches? Inches, yeah. You know what? This life is, a, is, is not a game. But this life is filled with a step at a time, an inch at a time, a decision at a time. And I pray that we make good decisions. How are we going to make good decisions? We're going to make good decisions from holding on to the word of God, speaking the word of God. Right? Praying. Communicating with the head coach. Amen? Jesus. Listening to him. Right? And the Holy Spirit that dwells in each blood-bought believer is whispering to you. Say, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, get up. Yeah, but you don't. You can do it. Come on. Hey, I don't know, man, but I think cheerleaders are really important. And that, that don't mean they got to have certain hair or this or that or anything. You might be a cheerleader. Yeah? Todd, you. Me. Right? Uh, you don't want to see me in my shorts. But I'm talking about cheering from here. Say, man, you know what you can do? Mm. I saw something yesterday, man. It break my heart when I see this. They were way down, man. They threw this ball when I was watching the kids play. Just get at a ball. Boom. It hit it right here. Popped out his chest. And he laid down, man. That boy was like, oh, oh. He walked back over. And the coach grabbed his helmet. He started speaking life into him. And you want to see that boy like this? He said, all right. It's all right. How often do we do that? Then a lot of times people take that too, but I can't believe it. Man, you know what? I dropped a lot of passes. And I'm not talking about football. Many things, fumble many things. But man, it just, just takes my heart. And I said, man, there's people out there that care. There's people out there with compassion. They're teaching them so much more than a sport, right? That is a platform that you can use to share the love of God with somebody. Amen? I pray that we're doing that. We can speak life to others or whatever we do. Coming down the home stretch, guys. And, and I appreciate you guys just hanging tight with me because I wanted to make sure that we plugged all this in. What do you mean by goal? Like, I'm talking about finishing big, right? I'm talking about seeing what's going on. But here's the question. Are you on the team? I'm talking about team Jesus. I'm talking about if you put your faith and trust in the Lord, do you know that you know that you know that God is for you? Amen? So many times, are you in the game? What do I mean? Are you in the game? Are you walking it out? Are you plugged into the church body? Are you, are you studying the word? Are you growing in your relationship with the Lord so that you can be an asset to the team? Darrell was talking earlier. He said, I want to do my best and I want to encourage my teammates to do their best. Same thing. Same thing applies. See, everything that man learned along the way, he still applies it in his life. Everything we learn in this thing right here, this Bible, the inspired word of God, we apply it to our life. Life, life. I love this little, this little bookcase uh, Denise and him got me. It says NFL, right? But do you know what this book had it broke down is? Newfound life. I love that Bible cover. Because you know what? I think about the newfound life we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? He is for us. Amen? Do you know heaven is your home? I talk about that a lot. And so many times people say, well, you know, I think so. Well, we, we don't, you don't need to think so. You can know so. How encourage him I won't be if I don't know. Oh, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe not. Am I going to make the team or I'm not going to make the team? Am I going to be in or not? Right? Wait, wait for that knock on the door. Well, guess what? God's knocking on your heart today. He says, let me in. Choose me. Call upon my name. And my spirit will come and seal you and you are mine for eternity. I want you to hear that. Right? So it's not your performance. It's God's promise. Write that down. It's not your performance. See, so many things on the world are based on performance. This ain't no performance contract. It's a God promise contract. 
He says, by grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. You say, you say that a lot. I love it. That's what keeps me going. That's what gets me out of bed. Man, I said, man, it's God's grace, God's goodness. I didn't deserve it, but he pours it out on me. So, Lord, inspire me, encourage me today. Use my life for whatever thing you can to, so I can point to you. Any way that we can be used, man, just be open to what God's got. So here's the day. Today, I want you to hear this. Here's the goal line today. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, what's the gospel? It's the good news. The good news is this, that Jesus Christ loves you. That Jesus Christ died to pay our sin debt in full. And then he rose again. And right, he says, whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, right? So today, after you hear all these stories, and we <coughs> laughed, and we cried a little bit, and we start thinking back, I want you to know this. You can know that the goal line is right here. It's right here. It's about bringing to a point to make a decision. What decision is that? Am I going to live for the Lord? Am I going to ask the Lord to come into my life? There's people been sitting in church a long time and they hadn't heard this. This is the deal. This is where it starts. This is the deal. You are secure in Christ. But you know what? It doesn't do you any good to keep it up here in your helmet, right? You've got to let it drop to your heart. And you do that by faith, right? I want you guys to hear that. As we continue on, I want you guys to look at this. Today, I want to encourage you to step over by faith in Him. What do you mean? I'm talking about that goal line. I'm talking about you right there. You got the ball. What do I mean by the ball? You've got the information. You've got the pieces of the puzzle. You've got the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So step over by faith. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I'll just want you to think about this. Today is your day to recover. Today is your day to recover. I don't care what it is. It might be giving your life to Christ. It might be, I said, you know what, Lord? I, I'm, I'm laying this sickness down. Lord, heal my body. Whatever it may be. And you know what, Lord? My finances, this is going on, everything else. Leave them at the foot of the cross. Say, Lord, you know what? I already did what I can do. I'm going to trust you and see what you can do. That's the difference. And we have faith in that. Amen. So call on the Lord. And you know what? You watch God multiply that. As you guys close your eyes and open your heart. As we bring this service to a close. I pray that you were blessed today by sharing, hearing a testimony from a buddy, Daryl. Oh, just open it up and just, just say, hey, I'm just telling you what God's done in my life. I hope you're blessed today hearing about, you know what? It's a whole lot more to it than just running the ball. It's about opening your heart to the things of God. So if you're here today, I'm going to answer the question I ask all the time. It's the most important question you will ever answer in your life. If you die today, do you know for sure, 100%, that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure, well, if by far, I just want you to look at me because I'm going to show you how. I'm going to tell you how. Right? I said this earlier, and I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to say it again. The Bible says that no one comes to the Father but through Jesus. Amen? And I want you to know right now, he says when we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus. That means we just say, I'm going to break it down like this. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I need you and I trust you. Lord, today, write my name in the book of life and help me. It's that simple, but it costs God everything. It costs God his very best. So I want you to know, if you're here today and you've never done that, you're right at the, you're right at the goal line. Step over by faith. If you're here today and you say, man, I've fumbled, I've stumbled, I've, I've done this, I've run the wrong way. Amen. Guess what? God said, there's still time left on your clock. Get back in the game. I want to encourage you today that God is bigger than your problems. God loves you more than, than you could ever know. And today is your day for recovery, whatever that may be. 
So I want to encourage you with that. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for the testimony. My brother, Lord, use that and make it so much more than what we could ever do. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity. And as we just end this day in prayer and praise, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, just be with us throughout the week. Encourage us, strengthen us, and be with us. And all we do, Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, won't you? Yeah. Well, you know what? We got to send you out with a